Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. We're back, baby. Uh, it's Clayton Croker coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Got my chew. I got a beer. It's going to be a great day to talk some baseball because uh, it's been a while, fellas. Uh, let's go around the horn here. Patrick Marsh out in the Maritimes. How's it going, bud? It's going great, man. It's so nice to hear the sound of your voice. Not that I wasn't listening to uh, the morning radio show, Stacy and Clayton, only available on Cruise FM. <laughs> you're like oh, the only you, you're the only person that misses my voice on a daily basis. I'm pretty sure Saskatoon's <laughs> getting pretty sick of my shit. But uh, it's it's been super fun, super stressful on my end. Uh, how's work been for you the past couple months? Working from home, man. It's an interesting thing because you got all the distractions of home. Uh, but then you also have the freedom to get up and, you know, go to the bathroom or grab a banana or, you know, if you need to take 10 minutes and just watch uh, a couple of clips of uh, Scrubs. You can do it. Captain sales guy, Justin Anderson, uh, not in the studio. Usually he's in here with me, but he's not allowed in here. Uh, Justin, how have the past three and a half months been for you um, selling what no one really knows what you're selling? <laughs> In case you don't know, Justin works for this company. It's like, uh, I don't, again, no one knows. It's like an inside joke in Saskatoon. It's like, it's like internet strategy sales stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> still selling the unknown thing. Uh, but yeah, I worked at home for 103 days. Jeez. I went to the, I went back to the office on Thursday. So July 2nd, I started back in the office again. And it's honestly been a game changer. I was definitely losing my mind i didn't get a haircut for four months i got my haircut on saturday for the first time since the end of february and i was looking like just a dirty hobo <laughs> um i didn't shave for the first month of covid so it was like i i don't know i let myself go quite a bit like yeah it's been weird like back to the gyms like life is kind of like restarting almost i feel like a whole new person um besides that I moved. I moved in with my girlfriend in June. Um, so I'm in a whole new whole new office, whole new space now. And we have a little, nice little townhouse. And yeah, no, it's it's been kind of a weird time. Like it feels like just yesterday we were talking about spring training and it's been four months since like since our last episode where we've all been here. Like four months. It's it's insane how long it's been. But it's I'm glad it's kind of coming to an end and I'm just hoping that we do get to play baseball <laughs> because a, if we go through all of this just to not play, I don't know what I would do. What a roller coaster conversation there. First oh, <laughs> I've just totally let myself go. I'm a loser. Also moved in with my girlfriend. We got a house. No big deal. It's like, whoa, That's geez. Shaved, things going, my girlfriend, <laughs> things going from bad to awesome. Speaking of letting yeah. themselves go, I have been, yeah, complete loser. <laughs> um, I told myself I'm not getting myself a haircut till there's a COVID vaccine. And I thought that the vaccine would come right away uh, when this was all announced. Hasn't happened yet. And I, what's that guy from Game of Thrones? The ginger guy with the slick back hair. Torment, I don't want to show. Foreman yeah. Giants Bane. I look exactly like him right now. If you check out the Batflips Maple Dips Twitter, uh, <laughs> you'll see. I look so greasy right now. I'm a complete bum. Gain like 12 pounds. The wife and I just crushing beers nonstop every night. Uh, she redid our whole kitchen. She redid our coffee tables and all that stuff because she's been working from home. But she's been killing it working from home. Like most people can't do it. Like Justin, it's tough, eh? Yeah, it's it was good for like the first like six weeks. 
And once you get past there, it, I just, I don't know. I, I started losing just the motivation to live at that point. Like it was tough. It was tough to get up in the morning. Not for Brenly Croker. She excels. This is her environment. She's dreading going sure. back to work. Uh, enough about you, us. You no nope. dog, though. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Kipper's been Kipper's been awesome. Having a dog during this whole thing is great. Uh, enough about us. You guys listen for baseball talk. Uh, we're going to be talking about the players opting out of playing in the shortened season. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Jays' rookies on this episode. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, we're going to be going into uh, some of our younger guys. Our whole 60-man roster, maybe some guys who might make the team, who might not make the team, uh, ended off with talking about the schedule and the Jays' chances here. Uh, big shout-out to uh, everyone on Twitter who follows us, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, at BFMD Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. Appreciate all the love. Do we give Blue Jays Aggregator a shout-out, boys, or no? We've been gone Absolutely. so long, I think we need to uh, get back in their good books and maybe get some street cred back. Yeah, we have to. I'll, I'll tweet at them with this episode. All right, there's yeah. your three second shout out there, Blue Jays aggregator. You're welcome. <laughs> um, first and foremost here, uh, the players not reporting to the shortened training camp, the shortened season. They're just sitting it out. So I think the biggest name um, for Jays fans, anyways, David Price. He's not showing up. Uh, what do you guys think about this whole thing? Let's start with you, Patrick. What do you think about the guys sitting out for their health and their family? I think it's totally cool. I get it. Uh, I, I'm in total support of it. If you look around uh, the names, uh, Mike Leak from Arizona, uh, Felix Hernandez and Nick Markakis from Atlanta, Ian Desmond in Colorado, and then David Price, uh, the Ross brothers, uh, Ryan Zimmer and Wellington Castillo, most of these guys have young children, and they're sitting out so they can protect their kids. So, I mean... That's as legitimate a reason as anybody would ever need. I, I yeah. Me, me as well. I'm right with you. I mean, you see the, all these guys. Uh, I think didn't Bryce Harper's wife like just have a baby or something? Yeah. And I know. I think Mike Trout's wife is due during this like shortened season. There's yep. my Mike Trout reference. Got it in early. Uh, Six minutes <laughs> early, man. That's that's a I new record. Get it in. I miss that guy. You know. Uh, but what's what's gonna happen with him? Like, is he gonna? play like i don't know i think this is just the beginning of players opting out we're i guess 23 24 25 days i guess away from the first game on the 23rd uh if uh, 17 days jesus whatever i can't do math who cares but we're like so close but so far away and so much can change like we're seeing all these all these players choosing to do this now and if things continue the way they're going in certain areas that i will not name on this episode um we could see a lot more what do you think is going to happen in locker rooms with guys who have a different mindset? Those mm. those guys who are all about the team. You know, I don't care about your family. I don't care about your health. I don't care. What about like what about those guys? Do you think it's going to cause tension uh, in the locker room, or do you think everyone's kind of on, on the on the same page where it's like, okay, you don't want to play? That's totally cool. I'm gonna. Uh, Justin, do you think players are going to respect other players' decisions? I think they have to. I mean. Some of the guys might not get it at first, but when when they get older, like these rookies, and they have families for themselves, I think that's when they'll really understand it. I think you you, you can never like hate somebody for like protecting their family or wanting to protect their family. That's just like human instinct, human nature to want to do that. So if anyone does have animosity, I think they're just dicks. Yeah. <laughs> 
No drama, do you think, Patrick? Or do you, are you kind of think in the same way as Justin? Uh, yeah, I think the same thing. Uh, if you look at the age of all these players, too, they're all, uh, for the most part, in their uh, mid-30s. Uh, and that's a demographic that gets hit particularly hard by the coronavirus, uh, which is scary to say because I'm in that same demographic. But at the same time, you know, follow all the, the rules, uh, follow uh, social distancing, wash your hands, use a mask. For God's sake, everybody out there, just wear a fucking mask. It's not a big deal. I'm sorry, Mrs. Anderson. We're 10 minutes in. I'm already cursing. Uh, already she's fired with up. you. She agrees. Just, just wear a GD mask. It's not a big deal. But no, these guys, look, look at the, the names on this list. They're all veterans. They're all leaders of their locker room. They're mm-hmm. all, you know, leading by example. They're sacrificing a year of uh, baseball uh, to protect their families. I don't think there's, I don't think anybody has a leg to stand on as far as criticizing these players. Cue the hate mail from the haters of masks out there. Patrick telling everyone to wear a mask. Here come the angry emails, Patrick. Oh, boy. You can't tell me what to do, man. Oh, I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting pretty sick of those people. Just who cares? Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I don't know. It's, I'm just over it. I'm over talking about it all. I have to talk about it for like five hours a day. I'm pretty over it. Um, moving on <laughs> from this, though. Let's take a look more specifically at the Jays. Uh, the rookies. The contract numbers started to come through. Patrick, are you surprised at how high some of these rookie contracts are now in baseball? Man, it's the signing bonuses that are just unbelievable. The top five picks, they all got paid like $5 million to sign their contracts. I mean, we all know, based on the current uh, collective bargaining agreement, uh, most players, it takes, what, there's your three, there's three years, and then there's four or three arbitration years or four arbitration years? Three arbitration years. Three, right. So, like, these guys are getting signing bonuses because they're going to get paid jack shit until at least their second arbitration year. So it makes sense to front load it by giving them the maximum amount of signing bonus they could possibly get without the team having to like forfeit a draft pick, which I know I'm kind of stealing Justin's thunder there a little bit, (laughs) but uh, I will say like, I can't believe we drafted Austin Martin considering he's the best bat in the whole draft. And I want, I want Justin to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, because his contract is huge. Like, he's getting close to $7 million, I think. I mean, again, he is a very, very good prospect. But $7 million for a rookie, 10 years ago, you weren't really hearing about that stuff too much. Uh, Justin, more on this guy? Yeah, so, I mean, coming from Vanderbilt, like, that's that's just a baseball school. the baseball school. The baseball school, you're right. And and the fact that he was – thought to be a potential number one pick and we got him at fifth overall it's it's bonkers to me i couldn't believe it like when i was watching that draft and and these guys were going ahead of them i thought the tigers would take torkelson uh patrick and i talked about this before they that's the need that they had in their roster at first base but uh but martin just going to fifth like i can't believe that some of these people passed on this guy has the capability to play basically anywhere on the diamond which is what we're seeing a lot of in today's baseball but I, I love the pick. I love that we're giving him his money because this kid has the potential to be like a star for for years to come. Years. 
So many times with young players, uh, it seems like they always have a problem uh, either hitting really high-speed fastballs or cutters, breaking balls. They always have a pitch that they can't hit. It seems like this guy's so mature at the plate that, like, he's so good with his wrist that he can hit that slow curveball after a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, you know? Like, he's not like uh, Serrano from the movie Major League where he can't hit a curveball. Like, this guy is in his early 20s, and it seems like he knows how to hit every single pitch, which is huge for a young guy. Usually that comes later on. Um, I love this pick. Like, this guy. I know that we have lots of infielders right now, and one's got to go, but it gives us another possible trading piece to get another pitcher because uh, we kind of need that. Um, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, but I don't think I can wait, guys. I think I want to talk about Nate Pearson. Can I call call an audible (laughs) here and throw Nate Pearson in right now? You do you, man. Patrick, I want to start with you because before this whole COVID thing happened, before uh, we took this break, uh, Nate Pearson was our biggest debate. It was like, hey, should we put him in the uh, rotation right away? Do we let him wait? Do we go in September? Uh, You were adamant about maybe bringing him up in September. Has your mood changed about that or no? Man, it's such a tough question to answer because, like, on one hand, is it worth it to burn a year? Uh not like putting them up against some of the best players uh, in the world right now. Like, do I think he's ready to pitch in MLB right now? No, I don't. And that's me like acknowledging the fact that Nate Pearson is a top 10 prospect in all of baseball right now. It's just, it's too soon. He, he hasn't pitched in double a yet. Has he? No, he pitched. He pitched in AAA last year. Yeah, he did. Never mind. What am I talking about? Yeah. End of the season. Yeah, he was in Buffalo. Oh, okay. Um, I even still like it's still too soon. It's not worth it. The team's not going to be competitive. I understand. Like we lost Ryan Barucki, so there is that hole in the rotation. But remember, we still have Ryu. We still have Rourke. We still have Anderson. We still have Shoemaker. We still have Thornton. We still have Waggis Pack. We still have Sean Reed Foley and Anthony K. Depending on whether or not these guys. I'll make the top uh, our, our uh, thirty man list. I don't think there's a reason to rush Nate Pearson into a shortened season. What are we going to get out of it? Maybe a World get, Series uh, ring. That's what we might get out of it. Yeah, but he, Nate Pearson's not going to be the reason we win the World Series yeah. if he's in in the lineup. I agree to disagree, Justin. What are your thoughts on uh, Big Nate? Um, at this point, for a sixty game season, I think you put your best team forward. I mean, last year. The Nationals won the World Series, and they were in the last place in their division, like 60 or 70 games into the season, and they came back and won the World Series. It shows like anything can happen in a 60-game season, right? You can mm-hmm. either be dead last, or you could you could go out and win 15 games in a row and basically solidify a playoff spot by doing that. Or the opposite, you'll lose eight or nine games in a row. You're probably shooting yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. But I think with, with the shortened season, you put your best team on the field, and, and that would be definitely having Nate Pearson either – third or fourth in our rotation behind uh, Ryu and Roark for sure and, and maybe Shoemaker in the third spot so I mean I think he's got to be in the lineup for a 60 game season if the Jays are adamant on putting their best team forward if they aren't if they don't think they have a chance then yeah don't pitch him save him for next season let him uh, just pitch a lot of like simulated BP and live like live BP get his, I think his endurance up here, and then just start him next season. But I, I want to see him in there. This 60-game season is going to be so interesting. Like, literally every team has a chance. Literal because shoot, hey? any team can get hot for two months. doesn't matter 
how many star players you have. Doesn't matter what your payroll is. Like any team can just find that magic juice for two months and get hot and make it into the playoffs. That's why I think the Jays, I mean, I think they got to put Pearson in there. Because with Pearson in their rotation, it's not a half bad rotation. And our batting lineup's pretty solid. And again, we got to play the Yankees and the Red Sox, not a bunch because it's a 60 game season, but we still have to play them. And they're great ball teams. And I think with Nate Pearson in the rotation, I mean, yes, our rotation still needs some help, but I think it just, it makes us competitive for sure. And who knows? Maybe we end up finishing first. Maybe we get hot and our young guys just mature and we just start being this awesome team two years before we all thought we were going to be an awesome team. I'm so excited about the 60-game season, you guys. I think some people are going to hate it, but I think it's just it's going to make every single baseball game this season that much more exciting. Are you a fan of the 60-game season, Patrick, or are you kind of still on the fence about it? Oh, I love the fact that anybody could could get hot, but um, after looking at our September schedule, I think we're going to get our shit uh, kick clean out of us by the Yankees. We play them, uh, I think it's 10 times uh, at the end of the year without a break. We play the Yankees three times and the Phillies three times and the Yankees four times and the Orioles. No days off. <laughs> That's a nasty stretch. I mean, obviously I want the team to make the playoffs. I want them to win the World Series every year, etc. But realistically, like, we're still in the middle of a rebuild. I, I get it, like, you know, Vladdy could get hot and hit a home run in every single one of those games, but, you know, an asteroid could come down from, you know, the Zeta Reticuli quadrant and, <laughs> and crash right into my uh, my window here. There's a lot, a lot of possibilities. Justin, what are your thoughts on the 60-game season? You a fan or no? Uh, I'm glad we're playing. I'm, I have a question for you guys based on that. Do you think that whoever does win this season, is there going to be an asterisk beside that World Series title? Yeah, yes. but there shouldn't be. Because whatever. Is, Everyone's is there less on the same... of an asterisk than the Houston Astros? No, yeah. Well, that's, no. that's the biggest asterisk, asterisk in the history of asterisks right there. <laughs> um, I think it's because everyone's on the same level everyone's on the same playing field when it comes to the 60 game season it's not like one team's playing 60 games and the rest of them are playing 162 like that's not Mm -hmm. what's happening right now everyone's doing it so you had the same chance to win the asterisk world series and you didn't get it done they did and yes there should be one there like it should be like oh that was a 60 game season but it shouldn't really demean the accomplishment you know yeah i really want to bring this up can i can I just uh, butt in here for a second? Sorry, guys. This, the fact that it's a 30 man roster, uh, this is the perfect opening for Anthony Alford. This is what we needed to happen uh, because uh, there's, a, there's an opportunity for Alford to actually play some meaningful MLB games and actually solidify himself as a competent center fielder. And the fact that we have an expanded roster like this is perfect. This is his window. And what if Anthony Alford gets hot for two months and then, you know, is hitting like 350? <laughs> like, you, we, you know, we could always trade him. <laughs> He's having an MVP level season. It's a lot of ifs, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I like what you're saying. You know, I'm, I've been a huge fan of Anthony Alford since we drafted him, like what seems like forever ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is his opportunity to play, but I mean, we saw him, he came up in September last year and they didn't even give him a shot, so I'm, I'm not overly confident that he'll get playing time anyways. 
I'm more, I'm kind of wondering more so about a guy like Derek Fisher too, sticking at the outfield, right? Like is, is Derek Fisher going to show us anything in 60 games that makes him worth keeping around for another year? Or is this like, I think for him and Alfred, this is their, this is their last shot with, with our team anyways. Yeah. Same with Jonathan Davis. And I mean, even though Billy McKinney is getting close to the end of his um, controlled years, like, the writing is on the wall as far as the outfield goes. Like it's obviously going to be Grichuk at least for the next uh, four years. Mm-hmm. Guriel uh, has, you know, definitely uh, earned a spot in the lineup every day. Uh, and then Teoscar Hernandez obviously has uh, some problems when it comes to strikeouts. But th- like, if you're Derek Fisher, Anthony Alford, or even Jonathan Davis, and you're on the thirty man. You've got to be like salivating at the opportunity. Like you know, you're going to get games in because we just don't have a full outfield, and this is their chance. If they can't do it now, they'll, you know, that's it. I can't remember. Who, it, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. It was some random Jays fan, but they were mad at the Austin Martin pick because <laughs> they wanted an outfielder. They were like, how could the Jays pick another infielder? Because, again, with all the talent that we have uh, in our system at infield with Jordan Groshans and all these young guys that we have with the Jays already, he was like, how could they not get an outfielder? Well, first of all, Austin Martin can play outfield, so there's that. Second of all, he's not going to be in the majors for another four years. Like... Figure it out, man. And like he was, he called out Anthony Alford especially. He's like, I'd rather have Austin Martin in there than Anthony Alford. And it's like, hey, I've said some things about Anthony Alford, but I'll, I mean, Austin Martin's going to be great, but he's not MLB ready right now. I mean, just proves yeah. that Blue Jays Twitter sometimes is just a, it's a very interesting place. Um, I know that I'm always the um, conspiracy guy when it comes to Shapiro and Atkins, <laughs> but I want to say they did really good with the draft, okay? You know, you got to give credit where credit's due. They're still fucking up to something, okay? They're still up to something. Sorry, Mrs. Anderson, but they're up to something. I'm telling you guys, I don't know when it's going to happen, but they're up to something. And when it happens... I'm going to have my moment. Um, (laughs) When it comes to our 30-man roster, um, because, again, that's the other factor here with the 60-game season. We get 30 guys on the team. Um, We got Justin's picks here, and we're just going to go through them position by position. These are Patrick's picks. Oh, these are Patrick's picks. Sorry. Okay. Well, that changes everything. (laughs) Not really. Um, So when it comes to the catchers, I see, Patrick, you're keeping three guys on the team. Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire, Caleb Joseph. You think those guys are going to make the squad? Yes. We need to have a backup backup catcher because if there's – I know, like, I understand that there's still going to be guys on the 40-man and all that stuff, but I think given the fact that we have that breathing room, we're going to want to have three catchers because, you know, depending on how things go with uh, Teoscar Hernandez at DH, we may end up wanting um, – Either, uh, either guy, Reese or uh, or Danny Jansen. We may want both of them in the lineup, depending on uh, matchups and things like that. So we can't just burn those guys every game. We're going to need something, somebody else. So that was my logic when it came to uh, having three. Justin, are you keeping three catchers? 
I'd love to just keep two. I understand Patrick's logic, but just to be different, I'm only keeping two. <laughs> I, I hate the fact of ke- keeping three catchers. I'm not a three catchers kind of guy. I believe that catchers are kind of like goalies in the early 2000s. You, uh, you play one guy for like 90% of the games, the backup gets a few starts here or there. Why have a third guy? But when you got 30 slots on the team, I mean, sure, you could throw in five extra arms in the bullpen, but... I kind of like the the three catcher system, especially because again, like uh, Patrick alluded to earlier, not a lot of days off with this schedule. So yeah, the catchers might get a little yeah. uh, get a little banged up. Aleandro Kirk's the other big name on our catcher list, and uh, yeah, I think he still needs some time to develop. Alejandro. But let's be honest here, Danny Jansen going to be the starter. Reese McGuire, who got his whole situation figured out, thank goodness. We don't have to talk about that ever yeah. again. Um, but, yeah, catcher, we're sitting, okay, you know, we got our guy. Infielders, uh, kind of the same way, but it all that comes down to the backups. Um, Justin, out of the infielders we have, who are you going to keep on the 30-man roster? Infielders that we have, well, I think the obvious ones are Bo, Cavan, Vlad, Travis Shaw, and probably Joe Panic for me. Um, Brendan Drury probably gets a spot because of his utility. And then I think, uh, Rowdy Tellez would be my other one. And you don't have Rowdy on your list, do you, Patrick? Nope. You're not a big Aaron Prochette fan. You, you don't like getting Rowdy. I love Rowdy Tellez. <laughs> that was a horrible joke, by the way. That like was... two people will get that joke. An Aaron Prochette okay. reference on the pod. Wow. I love Whoa. Rowdy. But we have Drury as a backup. We have Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw is expected to be our everyday first baseman. Um, and I honestly think we need a little bit more uh, quality contact hitters. And uh, there was nobody better at the plate, in my opinion, during uh, spring training than Santiago Espinal. So I'm going to keep Panic, keep Drury, and keep Espinal, which means I'm going to have a somewhat shorter bullpen than uh, what most people probably would pick. But I think Santiago Espinal outperformed every other hitter during spring training, and he, he's more than earned his spot. I agree. I think uh, Espinal is going to be a pretty uh, under-the-radar player for us this year, coming off the bench and being that utility guy. But I I just don't see a future with Brandon Drury. Like, I just think that maybe he's the AAA, he's the 31st kind of guy called back up and forth. I put, uh, I put Rowdy over Drury, just for pure power, pinch hitter off the bench i know he's really not durable he can play first base in dh and that's about it but i just think that we need a a, a big pop bat in the lineup just in case and yeah rowdy can get hot and rowdy can hit a lot of home runs and in, in consecutive games but let's be honest consistency isn't his friend um but i i do like rowdy telez making the 30-man roster 25-man roster absolutely not but i think with a 30-man roster he sneaks in there over brandon jury i just don't like what i saw from brandon jury last year i don't know i just why waste some time on a guy that you know isn't isn't crazy young and we're not crazy high on um anything else with the infielders guys uh any snubs you want to talk about here it's no, kind of a shame at, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i found it surprising that they even included Jordan Groshans on this list based on the fact that he hasn't played above um, a ball, but it's interesting. Cause regardless. he's awesome. That's why he is good, but he was also hurt. <laughs> yeah, I, think, that's true. I think what it is, I have like a, cons- well, I guess it's not a conspiracy because there's not anything. In the theory. Year, but, uh, I have a theory, a regular old mammalian theory, uh, nothing fancy 
uh, that they are gonna they are keeping all these guys that they want to get as much experience as possible, and they're gonna have intra squad games like twenty four seven. So all the guys who aren't on the thirty man, who aren't in the clubhouse, are are gonna be playing games like every day against one another. They'll be split up into two crews. So we'll just say blue and white and blue and white will play one another over and over again ad nauseum uh, as much as possible since there's no minor league uh, baseball going to be taking place. I think best case scenario for the Jays and Jays fans everywhere is Jordan Groshans lights it up in these inner squad games and kind of makes, I mean, not Bichette and Biggio uneasy. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, no, he's coming for our job because they're great. But can you imagine if Jordan Groshans just goes off in these inner squad games and Blue Jay coaches and players are like, okay, this guy is going to be great in a couple years, and it's going to make our guys play that much better because they're like, okay, if this young guy is playing this well, this guy plays the same position I do, I better get my poop in a group here and start playing well too because competition makes the best out of any athlete. So I kind of like Jordan Groshans being up there. Plus it gives him more experience um, at camp around the guys and stuff like that. So I think that's a good move. Um, Moving to the outfielders here. Patrick, do you want to start with who you're putting on the roster? Yep. Um, So I went with five outfielders um, just because we have that extra wiggle room. And I said, Gritch Daddy, Guriel, Teoscar Hernandez, Derek Fisher, and Anthony Alford. Uh, I left Jonathan Davis off because I think his time is up. And Billy McKinney, uh, we can afford to keep off because he would have been a minor league player for us anyway because we have those years of control. And I don't know how it's going to work this year, whether or not we lose a year with him uh, on the 60-man but not actually playing. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. But this is it. It's, you know, it's a 60-game season. We're probably – I don't expect us to perform uh, much better than 500. And I'm not saying that to be pessimistic, but this is an opportunity for some of these fringe players like Brandon Drury, Joe Panic, Santiago Espinal, Derek Fisher, Anthony Alford – weren't going to be on the the regular 25 or 26 man roster to get some playing time. And if they perform, then they might actually earn a job, whether it's here or elsewhere. Justin, is your outfield looking the same or no? Um, I'm I'm going to say Derek Fisher doesn't even make it. And I'm throwing Jonathan Davis in there instead. I'm saying the same. Uh, Again, Derek Fisher is kind of like jury for me. Again, he's kind of on the bubble. Hasn't shown us crazy ability. He hasn't really stood out. He's just been, you know, one of those generic MLB show, the 18 guys. It starts out at 70 before you make him. Um, And Jonathan Davis, again, he's got a lot of potential, and I I just think he deserves a spot more than Fisher. Here's where things get interesting, fellas. Uh, The pitching. We have talked about pitching on this podcast so much because it's just such a big need for the Jays. We don't have to worry about our lineup. That's good for years to come. Pitching, yeah, you know, obviously we're putting Ryu in there. But, Justin, uh, what does your rotation look like after that? Roark, Shoemaker, Nate Pearson, uh, and then probably Trent Thornton. Those five. Hmm, okay. Yours is the uh, same, Patrick? I'm, I'm guessing no? Nope. Here's my rotation. Uh, Juan Jin Ryu, Tanner Rourke, Matt Shoemaker, Nate Pearson. Like it. Uh, mine's going Ryu, Rourke, Anderson, Shoemaker, and Pearson. 
and I'm putting Anthony Kay in there as our sixth Ooh. long reliever guy. I said it early on. I can't remember what boy. episode, but, man, Kay was my sexy pick. I just want to see this guy pitch. I want to see what we got for Stroman, and I think he's going to be a lot better than people think. And I just want to see him get a chance in the big leagues this year. I think he's got good stuff. I think he's got a, not a live arm, but he's, he's a very accurate pitcher. And he's got glasses. He's got the Gustavo Chassin look. I'm always a sucker for those guys. But I'd put <laughs> Anthony Kay in over Sean Reed Foley. Like when it comes to starters making the team, maybe coming out of the bullpen, uh, Wajas Pack, Reed Foley, those guys, who are you putting in that category? Hey, Justin, did you notice anything about my rotation? You only have four people. That's right. I'm going super spicy, and this is my idea, is that we go with a four-man rotation. We want to roll out Ryu as often as possible, right? It's a short season, uh, which means we don't really have to plan for any sort of type of marathoning uh, of, uh, of our starters. So I say go with a short rotation, and where you need to plug and play, you just, you know, if Ryu is gassed, if you can't do it, you plug in Thornton, and that, and you just bump it a day. Um, but otherwise, I think we really want to see as much of Ryu and Rourke and Shoemaker as humanly possible. Well, I think an- another question here is, too, sorry to cut you off, but like, do you put guys like Reed Foley and Thornton and Barucki and Zoik and those guys, and even Anthony Kay, do you just load the bullpen with your best starters and make that your bullpen, like your best possible arms, or do you stick well, to your these- bullpen arms? Some of these guys have bullpen experience, mm-hmm. like Trent Thornton was coming out of the exactly, pen. Exactly, yeah. Agus Pack was coming out of the pen. Um, Sean Reed Foley did some pen time, and I think it's okay to protect Nate Pearson a little bit too if we end up just wanting to have four dudes. Um, but there, we've got a lot of uh, dime a dozen guys uh, in our relief pitcher section. So I just think it's worth it. Just Might as well just load up all the pitchers, try to get them some quality innings. I mean, again, it's a short season. If they, if everybody sucks, you know, what's the excuse? Well, you know, coronavirus, short season. It's a built-in excuse. So I say we just roll short, plug and play where we need, take the rest of those guys, chuck them in the bullpen. Justin, you think in the same way, you're putting a lot of these fringe starters, bullpen guys in our bullpen and oh. using them a lot? I See, I'm doing the opposite of Patrick. I'm, I'm almost considering a six-man rotation just because of the lack of of a full spring training and really these guys that didn't weren't able to work out for no, a long time. I didn't time. think so of that. That's a good point. Stamina. So, I mean, if I had to go six-man on top of my rotation, I didn't include Chase Anderson in mine because I thought he was number six. I would put Chase Anderson as the sixth guy and then have guys like Wegus Pack, Reed Foley, and Kay in my bullpen and even TJ Zoik. And I'm thinking like, my six-man rotation, I'm happy if they go five innings and then I can roll out a go- another guy for two, three innings, one of these other starters, and then have a Ken Giles clean up the mess kind of deal. How do you think <laughs> well. How do you think we're going to manage our pitchers? Like, Do you, do you think there are going to be limited innings because of the shortened spring training? Or do you think if a guy's buzzing after six innings, do you keep him in there? Like, That's going to be such a, a hard thing for Montoya to do is to manage the starting pitching because you don't want to wear your starter pitch, starting pitchers out when you have a 60-game season. Yeah, it's it's really true. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that this is going to really show the management chops of a lot of these managers around the league and how they manage their roster. So I, I'm, I'm just fully expecting the unexpected. Like, there could be a six-man rotation. We could see a freaking seven-man rotation. 
Oh yeah, they could go weird and even do four, like Patrick said. I, I think it's gonna really just be like a fly by the seat of their pants and just make it up as they go kind of year. Patrick, when it comes to innings, how would you manage the pitchers if you were the manager of the Jays? Well, as much as I like being contrarian, uh, I I do believe that Justin is correct, and my four man rotation isn't. It's not just about being spicy. It's also about presenting an alternative to what we think is actually going to happen. And the reality is that this is not the kind of year where you want to, you know, push uh, the pitchers that are in their mid thirties to their upper limits, as far as like starting as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm mostly only in favor of starting Ryu as much as possible because we're paying him a ton of money uh, to be here, to be like the star of the team. And it would kind of suck for him to start like five games or six games and you know, that's it. So that's why I'm kind of against the idea of a seven man rotation. But like Justin said, like the perfect scenario is, you know, Ryu, Rourke, who's an inning eater, shoemaker. Uh, These guys do five strong. And then we can chuck out a guy like Waggis pack who does have, he has the stuff. Um, Usually when Waggis pack opened a game, uh, or started a game, whatever we want to call it, uh, he could get through at least three innings without really having much of a problem. And that might be the role that we see. And this might be the future of pitching itself, where guys are only expected to do five. Fresh arms come in, like Waggis Pack, who has control. He has the ability to do stuff uh, that can confuse hitters. Uh, Trent Thornton's got the gas. Can you imagine Trent Thornton in a middle relief role? Oof. He's got fireballs. Well, this is a good segue to the bullpen here because, let's be honest here, Ken Giles, he's the closer, but the Jays don't really have, like, a, a solid setup guy. Would you want to see a guy like Pack or maybe even Thornton step into a setup role just for this season? I mean, give him a chance at the rotation, but say, hey, look, you're a good pitcher. We need you as a setup guy for Giles in the eighth inning. Do you think Pack or Thornton would be good for that role, Patrick, or no? Uh, Thornton, absolutely, because I think Thornton in the long term is going to be a starter. He, I, I honestly, like, I'm very pro Thornton. I thought he did great last year. He was thrown into a ridiculous situation that he had to fight his way through. Uh, and I think he performed admirably for, you know, a young player. Um, Waggis Pack um, performed better than what I think we could have expected. Sean Reed fully struggled. I think it just makes sense. Give these guys a shot. Have them do middle relief. Uh, it worked for Joe Biagini. His mm-hmm. career start, it was a fucking disaster for three years in a row for him. Then we he got chucked into the bullpen. All of a sudden, he was throwing gas again. He's back to his old self. Well, Aaron Sanchez started in the bullpen, too. That's where I was kind of getting at. I mean, he wasn't the setup guy. He was more of the seventh inning guy. But do you see that as an option, Justin? Maybe having our fringe starter guys be more of a setup guy in the bullpen? Yeah, I, I do, and I think Patrick was right about saying that Trent Thornton would be the good pick for that, just be based on his stuff. He's got a bit more of strikeout ability than than Jacob Wegas Pack does, who's more just a ground ball pitcher. So I think having Thornton transition to that bullpen, especially with that nice Clay Buckles curve that he uh, that he developed at the end of the season there last year, he might be a good fit to eat a couple innings in like the seventh or eighth. Yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. I like Anthony Kay. Again, I like him as a starter, but maybe he is that guy that we say this season, you're just our setup guy, but I think the only problem is there he's unproven. He hasn't really pitched in the majors yet. So 
I, I don't know. I just have a huge man crush here on Anthony K. Not gonna lie. Uh, bullpen. <laughs> do we really need to go into more bullpen here? Like, are there some other guys in the bullpen who you want to talk about here, Justin, or no? <laughs> I am content to let the bullpen be what the bullpen will be. We haven't had a great bullpen in years, and looking at the names outside of my boy Ken Giles, oof, ouch. Yeah, yeah. Patrick, you uh, think the same or no? No. Well, yes, but also no. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for <laughs> Sam Figlio to bounce back from a season where he got burnt out in the month of May. Uh, and then had to struggle just to get back into form. Uh, Sean Yamaguchi is kind of an enigma to me. I don't really know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, I, you know, I put Thomas Pannon on the 30 man, but now that I look at the list of other guys, um, I'd rather have Jake Patricka, um, which I thought we got rid of him, but I guess he's back. Um, and then like, I mean, I'd even rather have Elvis Luciano go out there and do protected innings than Thomas Pannone. So I mean, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of double A arms in our uh, our bullpen right now, and I think that's why we're going to need to move those starters uh, into bullpen roles. Let's get to the schedule then, shall we? Because again, we've mentioned it a bunch, the 60-game schedule. Um, we touched on it a bit. 10 games against the Yankees in 19 days isn't isn't fun. Uh, the third toughest schedule based on last year's win percentage. Again, anyone's got a shot. We said that right at the top. And the Jays, I mean, we're not a pushover team. We definitely have some talent. We can make some noise. But with our schedule, do you see us having a realistic chance here, Justin, or no? Well, you know, like we said at the start, anything can happen. And, like, our rotation is completely different than it was last year. And, like, for you in there, hopefully a, a healthy Schumacher or Shoemaker for yeah, 60 Michael games. Michael Schumacher playing for us, yeah. Yeah, Michael Schumacher, the legend. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> then we've got Roark, who is new, Anderson, who is new, and potentially Nate Pearson, who could be new. It could be basically a completely new rotation if those five guys play. Since we saw, like, what, five games of Shoemaker last year? So really, that rotation, I think, is going to be the difference between us competing for a wild card spot, whatever they're going to call these expanded playoffs, um, and not. If that rotation can can get us through six innings basically every time on average, I think we got a legitimate chance. I think we have enough guys in that bullpen who can piece together three innings or two innings before we get to Ken Giles that we have a chance at this. Patrick, what about you? Do you think the uh, schedule is going to play a factor for us? Uh, it's just that back end, like I was talking about before. It's just it's so rough. If you look at it, uh, the the Yankees are loaded up to compete. Um, I don't think we can quite count out the Red Sox uh, just yet. And if they're close to competing, just that last month and a half, they're going to be they'll go apeshit trying to yeah. trying to squeeze in a playoff spot. Um, the Mets are loaded for bear. Um, and the Yankees are the Yankees, so there's there's no there's no breaks, there's no there's no time for uh, for a losing streak in the season at all. There's not really much uh, room for error, and because our uh, we don't see the Yankees uh, until the month of September, yeah. we really got to bust our ass when we play those games. If, even if we can split uh, the the ten times we play against the Yankees. Uh, in those last uh, 20 days or whatever it is. I mean, that'll say a lot about this team. So, yeah, so 
Yeah. Go, Justin. Uh, one thing, yeah. So we we put we put the, we don't put the Yankees till September seventh. That'll be like game number forty two. So our last nineteen games, we play the Yankees ten times, the Mets three times, the Phillies three times, and Baltimore three times. So out of those games, Baltimore is the only weak team. Um. So if the Jays aren't five to seven games over five hundred by the time they hit that stretch, the season's done. There's no way we can get into a playoff spot. I don't think if we're not over five hundred at that point. So, do you think the Jays make the playoffs? That's the that's the golden question here, Justin. Are we going to squeak into the playoffs this year? Expanded playoff format, yes, we will make it. Justin or Patrick, geez. Um, there's another sigh. Okay, can <laughs> can you can someone explain to me exactly how the expanded playoff thing is supposed to work? No, because I don't I really understand it. <laughs> it's twelve teams, right? I thought it was like 16. I don't even know. Anymore. No one really knows. I, I I think they still kind of have to figure it out, or maybe they have. It's just something I haven't really looked at too much, not going to lie. But yeah. I still think we make it. Expanded playoff or not, I just, I don't know. I got a feeling. This, this, whole, this whole shortened schedule and all these variables with this season, it always means that teams on the bubble they can just get hot it's kind of like the st louis blues thing and the washington nationals thing you know whenever there's there's controversy those bubble teams seem to rise to the rise to the top and the teams that are expecting to do well they always kind of crumble in situations like this so i don't know i I got a good feeling i think the jays make it but that's because i'm a jays fan and i'm pretty biased so uh i think that's (laughs) it boys uh 45 minutes just like riding a bike anyone else want to add anything or do we cover anything or I'll say this: If we're if we are ten games above five hundred when we hit September seventh against the Yankees, we have a real shot at winning the division. Especially if we can compete against the Yankees in those ten games. But we have. I think we play thirty three games in uh, July and August, or something like that. 33, 34 games. Something like that, yeah. So if we are, yeah, I don't know, what's, what would the math be? My 24 brain is and slow. 10. Yeah, if we're something like that, 24 which we're and 14, not be, something like that, we're not going to be, yeah. As long as we are 10 games above 500 going into the time against the Yankees, we have a serious shot. We would be a real threat. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But we're going to, if we, because the Yankees are going to, want to kick our ass and we're going to want to kick their ass but it's going to be hard really is really any, hard. is any team going to win 40 games and be 20 games above 500 in a 60 game schedule i bet I you there know. will be a few maybe like one or two like maybe and the dodgers it's going to be one of those years justin where there's going to be like five or six teams that just absolutely clobbered everybody and then yeah. everybody is going to be it'll be like 32 wins and 28 losses gets you one of those um, consolation playoff spots. It could even it's, be less than that. Yeah. Yeah, and it might even be below 500 because there is a huge discrepancy in the in the uh, in the teams that are loaded for bear in both leagues, and there's a universal DH too, which mm-hmm. is a whole different True. factor yeah. that's gonna mess things up. Like, I don't know how it's gonna work exactly for like we play what uh, we play Atlanta, the Marlins, the Phillies, and the Mets, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. We don't really have an advantage against those teams because they, they'll have the universal DH. So, oof. 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. The one yeah. plus is, though, we almost get, like, two playoffs. Like, the shortened season is almost, like, another little playoff because it's just, like, yeah. the home stretch of the season, which is the best part to watch, and you get playoffs right after that. So, in my mind, it's almost like getting two playoffs for one because every game in the 60-game season, it's going to be so important. Every game is just going to be must-watch TV. Uh, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. Again, uh, took a bit of a break because, like, again, we kind of agreed – the whole MLB during its time off was there's a new offer on the table. It got declined. <laughs> new offer, declined. New offer, declined. The podcast would have been so boring. It, there would have been nothing to talk about. So uh, happy to be back, boys. It's been good talking to you, whether you're listening on uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. We really, really thank, or thank you. Uh, listen to us on the socials as well, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at BFMD Podcast. Uh, for Justin, for Patrick, see you later. Who wants the goodbye song today? We didn't really think of one, but who has one off the top of their head? Uh, I don't have one. <laughs> uh, I don't. What about uh, Gimme Shelter? There you go. Ooh, one of my favorite stuff. songs. Good okay. call, buds. Uh, talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Go Jays, go.